Come on, bro. Do it. Do it, bro. Count us off. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Two. One. Brendo, 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 Brendo. Wherefore the Brendo men comes. Oscar Olympics depression and funds. Wherefore the Brendo men comes. Oscar Olympics depression and funds. Solo. Wherefore the Brendo men comes. Oscar Olympics depression and funds. Remix. Wherefore the Brendo men comes. Brendo men comes. Depression and funds. Funds. Wherefore the Brendo men comes. Oscar Olympics depression and funds, Brendo. Yeah, blew the mic out there. Will you blow this mic, bro? What do you know? What is this? What's going on here? Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I'm not. He's Carson Crashley. We are of relations. Yeah. You're in a weird mood. Great. Go with it. Manic. (laughs) I need energy. Manufacturing energy with... Vibes. What are you, like, tired? Yeah, all of it. You've been too tired to podcast? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I'm not the only one. Last night, I was tired. That was you. But the night before, you were like, What's going on? You've been tired and sad. Yeah, I've been sad. About what? Lots of things. Top three, go. Don't think about it, just say it. I'm losing my job. One. I'm losing my sanity. Two. And I'm just sad. No, that's not a reason. Three. That's only two things. Losing your job. I mean, it was awesome you had a job. Yeah, I don't like the idea of having to look for another job and just jobs in general and it just stresses me What do you mean? Haven't you been looking? No. Well, you knew it was coming. (sighs) 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 Uh, It's so much easier just to smoke weed. You can do that if that's what you need. I don't know what I need. You need to be doing something that lights your fire. I mean, don't get me wrong, this podcast is fire, but it's like once a week, barely, for an hour. Yeah, I used to do a lot more podcasts. Yeah? You need to make the podcast rounds, calling some markers, be like, hey, I got, I got, uh, I got some stuff to promote. I'm promoting my unemployment. Can I be on your podcast? Well, I'm supposed to be on Big Match Minute. Big Match Minute with... With Emily. And, uh... But they've gotten delayed because of the Texas... Because her co-host is in Texas and they've had all the power outages and shit. Yeah, but... I hear it's like in the 70s in Dallas, so get over it. Move on. (laughs) Our snow's melted. We're we're done. Yeah, we're done. Portland's bummed because we had an ice storm and people really wanted to bitch about it and people should because it was gnarly my friend was out of power for five days but it's like but texas has to be like actually uh we're texas and uh we have the biggest uh, storms in 2021 everything's bigger in texas even the mega hats yeah yeah apparently like moving to austin is that like a joke or like people are still doing that I think people were still doing it. I almost moved to Austin, and then I didn't get, like, they un- offered me the job they had offered me. They were like, never Who's mind. They? Who's they? The city of Austin? No, WebSense. 
Oh. They decided not to bring a bunch of us over to Austin, and then I got a severance instead. Who did they decide to bring? Why didn't you, um, you know, hamstring them in their career? Sure, you. This is like a. You couldn't. Do, you couldn't hack into them stuff. Expose some shit. Get I wasn't fired. as ideal of an employee as the guys that got the jobs to go over there. Sounds like they were discriminatory against disabled gays. I don't know. I'm lucky I didn't get fired there like day one. Why? I would get like really frustrated talking on the phone, and then I'd just like. Well, who wouldn't get frustrated talking on the phone? People are assholes. I talk on the phone all the time. But I'm lucky I get to talk with teachers. I just didn't understand. Like, people would call me for help, and they'd be so mad at me. And, like, I'm like, I'm trying to help you. Don't you realize they're not mad at you? I know. It's just... That's the, you. It's I like, just, I'm mad at the world, and you take it personally sometimes. I had not cut out for that line of work anymore. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, well, we're hiring. What, Brandman? Don't say my employer. Oh, sorry. It's okay. They're not even going to be Brandman in a couple months. So I could be. I could do your job. Sure, anyone can. Doug can do it. You think you're? You Got to talk on the phone all day. I don't think I would like that. Well, what are your options? I don't know. That's the thing. You could go work at Fred Meyer's. I feel like I just keep doing whatever like desperation option I have, and that's just gotten me down. Yeah, this but path you're not in a like, desperate. You're not in a desperate place anymore. So I'm you can in co- a desperate place. What what makes your place right now desperate? You got a room over your head. You got food in your bellies. You got a cute baby girl to, to keep you keep you having fun with. Just have the pressures of society to be a. There is no society. Human. Society's dead. Yeah, it's true. We've all no one's down. functional, man. Have you have you seen our government? <laughs> Take that government. I don't know, I just felt sad lately. That's fine. And you didn't get me coffee today. But then what did I? No, that's not even true. I did. Later. That really made you sad? That I didn't get you coffee when you weren't even awake? Like, I I like it. That's my favorite thing is when I wake up and you get me coffee. Well. And then today you got everybody coffee but me. No. And you're not finishing the story. What? Then, like, eight hours later, you got me coffee. And nobody else. Yeah, because you felt so bad, probably. I'm not going to feel bad for not buying coffee for someone who wasn't awake. And I can, without getting a drink carrier, how many cup holders do I have? I don't know. You do know. Do the math. I have one hand, so that's one drink. Me. Me first. You can get a drink here. Drink for my wife. Drink for for funny guy, our house guest. So I have to get up early if I want coffee. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, you do. I get up earlier than I used to. Well, you weren't up before I got coffee. It's not helping me at all. I thought it was going to help me. It is helping you because it's helping us. And helping us is helping yourself. You know how I know you're sad? Because mm. your, your bathroom looks dirty. bathroom's not dirty. That's because I cleaned it today. I don't... I, you use the bathroom more than I do. How is that possible? 
Because you poop more than me. You poop like three times a day. Well, I have a medical condition. I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but you're the, you're the primary user of the bathroom. Well, then I guess it's good that I clean it. Yeah, I guess. I clean it. You know what? Clean bathroom, clean soul. If you're depressed, just clean your bathroom and work out and pray. Isn't that how you fix depression? Ugh. I worked out today. Yeah, I feel like you're mad at working out for, like, not fixing everything. It doesn't fix everything, but it sure as fuck don't hurt. I don't know. It's all right. What do you mean it's all right? You, you watch, like, Jeopardy, and you, and you, you know, it's something that doesn't make your body feel good? No. It doesn't make your body feel good. It makes to, my body feel sore. But then, like, you feel stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're going to have to be a laborer until you die because, you know, you were capitalist, you know, um, peons, cogs in the machine. Uh, yeah, because I'm not, I don't have the work ethic to be like a professional creative. Well, what kind of sentence is that? I know my limitations. Well, in order to be a professional creative, you have to, like, you have to, like, want to get up before 9 a.m. And, like, do work. Yeah. And you don't want to do that, it sounds like. I don't know. You do know. No, man. Alright. So next week is going to be a sad, unemployed podcast. Uh, yeah, something like that. No, we'll have to make it better. Make the podcast better? Or... Yeah. I mean, we're firing all cylinders right now. Mm. Yeah, man, it's fun times. My life is so fun. Well, I mean, we're breathing. We're podcasting. We're watching movies. We're watching. Oh yeah, you went on. You went to the beach, and I watched a shit ton of movies. Yeah, because you, you, you can't let losing a job make you. I mean, you can let it be sad, but it's not like that job was. I mean, that job was stressing you out to a certain point. Well, yeah, and now it's now it's gone. And so does that yeah, mean less not stress? having a job stresses me out because it's like I'm not contributing. But you know, there's a million more ways to contribute. And a lot of them involve spending time with your niece. <laughs> I spend a lot of time with her. Yeah, and now you can spend more <laughs> if you want to. She gets tired of me and then she just wants to hang out with you and... That's right. Rebecca. So then you have to learn new ways to keep her occupied. You might have to like build forts and uh, I can't do fit art. In her little house. Uh huh. Yeah, but you can peek your head in. Yeah. I'm sorry. Her uh, her under the staircase <laughs> house is it's not a it's not body positive. Well, she's going to be able to fit in it. Yeah. For a long time. 
I mean, Rebecca can fit in there. I can fit in there. Oh, I, I probably could fit in there, but I just... It hurts too much. <laughs> you got a snake. What if you what if you squeeze in there and then you couldn't get out? Then, like, we had to get, like, the, the jigsaw to cut you out. Like, the... No, like, really. tiger, like Tiger Woods being carved out of a rolled horse oh, vehicle. Oh, too soon. What? That guy should just... I'm like, why does that guy have a driver? He has... Because maybe he likes driving. Maybe he's had, like, five back surgeries and, uh, you know, might have on-again, off-again relationship with pain medication, as a lot of people do who have had major surgeries. I don't know. Well, I'm glad he's not dead after just watching that documentary and it made me sad about his life and sad for him. And then, like, there's that new... Um, been putting off watching that Woody Allen documentary because I don't think it'll just make me mad. Oh, there's a new one? Yeah. Yeah. HBO. Well, yeah. It's just, I, I enjoy not gonna, thinking. I just enjoy not thinking about Woody Allen. You have one of his records. Yeah. Is that for like posterity? I mean, I bought it for a couple dollars. That's more like a fuck you to Woody Allen than anything well, else. Well, he didn't get that money. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good joke writer. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, being a professional creative, like, you know, there's a cost, right? Not just work effort, but there's a cost to make great art. You know, there, you know, you got to put something on the table and, you know, people's souls have to be crushed and, you know, perverts have to, you know, get their rocks off too to make great art. Isn't that how great art is made? Yeah, if you look at Woody Allen's art, it's mostly about him wanting to sleep with young women I mean look at like the whole plot of the apartment no we don't have to do that because this is the Oscar Olympics 2000 yeah we still can't avoid Woody Allen I'm doing a good job of it I haven't watched we a single Woody Allen movie we can omit it there are some good things the sweet and lowdown comes up there's a good one there's a great beautiful scene where Sean Penn is like do you want to go down to the dump and shoot rats is that the one where he plays the guitar? Yeah. I haven't seen that in forever. I went through a period where I watched, like, every Woody Allen movie ever. I mean, you had to if you were, like, into film and, you know, wanted to, like, well, what, what is it? I was just, yeah, comedy? I was just trying to be, like, a serious film student. <laughs> My favorite Woody Allen movie, this is gonna is kind of weird, it's um, probably The Purple Rose of Cairo. Is that the one where... That one reminds me of the Indiana Jones ride line. <laughs> Is that why you like it? I just like Jeff Daniels a lot, and it's a whole meta, like, coming out of the screen. And that was way before... Lost Action Hero? Yeah. And then he also did, like, Forrest Gump before Forrest Gump and Z-League. There's, and that one's good, too. Mm-hmm. And um, he did Kung Pao before Kung Pao and What's Up, Tiger Lily. So basically, Woody Allen invented the internet, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Your daughter sometimes sounds like the lady from Kung Pao. She goes, wee, 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 wee. 
Are you trying to get us canceled? <laughs> Is that bad? I don't know. My radar just went off. We're moving on. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I, I, I saw that movie in the theater twice. Probably made its two box office tickets sold. Two tickets. My friend worked on that movie. Which friend was that? Jeff Edwards worked for, what's the guy's name? Steve Odekirk? Bob Odenkirk? No, Steve Odekirk is the Kung Pao. He also did all the Thumb Wars movies. The Thumb movies, Thumb Wars. And Are those. they related? No, because it's Odekirk, not Odenkirk. That's weird. It is weird. We're going to get into Oscar Olympics now that we've gotten through my depression issues. Hey, man. Oscar Olympics, depression, and fun. All right. So this is for adapted screenplay. We have um, 1997. The winner, L.A. Confidential. We also have Donnie Brasco, The Sweet Hereafter, Wag the Dog, and The Wings of the Dove. Um... I am I mean, right in for this one. I think of those, they got it right. Yeah, for sure. We rewatched L.A. Conf. Yeah, L.A. Confidential is still really good. Um, I watched Donnie Brasco with Keith. And, like, it's That's nice really because good. it's, like, it's L.A. Confidential. It's, the, you know, it, it's, you know, late 90s. So, of course, you know, Kevin Spacey pops up like a boogeyman. You're like, oh, no, oh, oh. But it's not like American Beauty. He's not holding it up, you know, and he dies. So you're kind of like, you can feel, like, disgusted by Kevin Spacey, but then like, oh, but, you know, he gets it. He gets what's coming to him. So there you go. My choice for 1997 um, is Jackie Brown. Um, my choice for 1997, also an alternate, is The Fifth Element. Is that adapted? It's adapted from the brain of Luc Besson. Wasn't that original? All right, fine. It's hard, because it's like this category. I forgot which one we were in. We're in adapted. Well, if we're in adapted, then I am happy with your writing candidate, Jackie Brown. Over L.A. Conf? Yeah. I mean, L.A. Confidential, it's just... It, it got me, you know, like, ooh, this is what Nor is. And I'm like, oh, so, like, the real stuff is is, is, is better, but also problematic. And, um, you know, it, Jackie Brown's Jackie Brown. I mean, it's a great vehicle. I mean, I like it. It's great writing. I've never read the books, but, um, so brings us into 1998, uh, Winner Gods and Monsters, which I watched without you on our weekend. I've already seen it, but we watched it together too. Oh yeah, we did. Never mind. You just deleted me from your memory. Huh. Out of Sight, which I watched with Justin. And we watched... Did you go to this? We watched this at the drive-in with Mike. I didn't see it. Oh. Then. I've had to see it because, like, people love it. But 
It's the Screen- same author as Jackie Brown. Screenplay, I'm just like, it's more of like, I think the directing of it is what makes it good, and the casting, not necessarily the screenplay. It's a, I thought it was pretty clever. Primary Colors, A Simple Plan, I watched that, it was good. Thin Red Line, I watched that, but I don't understand how that can be given best screenplay, because it's kind of a, goes all over the place, and it's Terrence Malicky way. No, it shouldn't even be there. Does Terrence Malick even really use scripts? He has to. He's old. Like, he just... I was reading about, um... There was some funny, um... Who was the actor that just died? Uh... Shit. I'm just gonna let you die on the vine. I'm, I'm not gonna remember. The actor who just died... Old, old guy. Okay. Oh, he was old? Yeah. But he was just... They were talking about how he was really pissed off at... uh, Terrence Malick. Because he, like, filmed all the scenes with him that he didn't even use. And, like, he was like, you're wandering. You don't know what the hell you're doing. (laughs) Like, write and learn how to write a script. Where's Rushmore? That's 98, and that's original. original. So my vote for 98 um, adapted is actually Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which I watched, and it's great. What about American History X? That's original? It's, It's adapted from a history book. No. Then why do they call it? That. Oh, no. Okay, fine. So what's your vote for 98? 98. I like election. That is 99. Well, it's so good I want it to span two years. All right. Moving on to 99, we have Cider House Rules, which won election. No, we can't have Cider House Rules. Election... The Green Mile, The Insider. I remember watching The Insider with you and falling asleep. It was very tense. And I was like, why is the gladiator in glasses? He wasn't gladiator yet. Yeah, but you probably watched it after gladiator. No, we watched it with you because you worked at the video store and you got screeners of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that was cool of me. The Talent of Mr. Ripley. That's the last one. That was a beautiful movie. I voted for Election. I mean, Election's amazing. Election's one of my... It became more relevant. ...favorite comedies ever. It's like a prophecy for Hillary Clinton's trajectory. (laughs) I mean, hands down, Election. Hands down. It's really good. It's really clever. Read. I want to read the book. I've okay, the book. I'm I'm o for two on curveballs, but I do have one for ninety. Well, ninety nine. Yeah, you didn't even use your curveball. Fight Club. So do you have Fight Club over Election? I mean, the author of Election actually he's really good. Isn't he the guy that did um, the Leftovers? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, click on that guy. I mean, that guy is so good. 
Um, so it's hard yeah, to beat. But like uh, novelist Tom Perron. And Little Children. Yeah. Which is also amazing. It's amazing. Um, so the guy that wrote Election was doing, but ch- so he's a good. So he had good source material, right? It's good source material. Fight Club. A lot of people like to say not not good, not not good by itself. I know people who like love that book. Yeah, what are how are they how are they holding up today? <laughs> you know, just, just honestly, like think about the people that like swear by that book. Are they doing well today, or did they storm the Capitol? <laughs> or do they um, have have a lot of guns? They go from Fight Club. People are like. Uh, you know, when fifteen to seventeen, obsessed with Fight Club. Now it's like now it's all about Gun Club. They didn't take the lessons, the right lessons from that book. It's like the people that think Patrick Bateman's like a hero in American Psycho. Yeah. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street phenomenon. That movie made everybody want to do Quaaludes, though. It, uh, the, the internet proves it. Ludes, I I, I love it. I had a friend that went to, to that after Wolf Wall Street tried to find quaaludes on the dark web, and I'm like, you, you don't trust any thing you buy on the dark web that says it's quaaludes. If you can't trust the dark web, who can you trust? He failed in his efforts. They, like, don't exist anymore. Nick, yeah, I don't think they make them, so if they, you get them, they're, like, the expired. supply is all gone. Um, all right. So what are we doing? Saying Fight Club over Rushmore? For realsies? I mean, over election? Election over Rushmore and Fight Club? No, the Rushmore's not even in there. Rushmore's not in there. Um, I'm thinking election over Fight Club. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, we got 2000 wasn't great. Maybe, maybe we get two movies from 99 into the medal rounds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, 2000, you have Traffic... Get out of here. I like traffic. A lot. I mean... They filmed a bunch of it right by where we lived in San Diego. I know. Diego. They were like, oh, there's a park that the YMCA used to take us. But that doesn't make it a great, you know, Olympic screenplay. Something that, like, resonates for years. Something along the lines of, oh, brother, where art thou? You have Chocolate, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, oh, brother, where art thou? And Wonder Boys, which I watched and was just kind of like, whatever. No, no, yeah, Wonder Boys we can stop talking about right now. Two Michael Douglas movies, I might say, right? Was it Wonder Boys, Michael Douglas? Yep, and Traffic. He had a big year in 2000. And he started romancing. He had a very big year. Well, yeah, he... If you had told 1999 Michael Douglas, hey... Some great shit on the horizon. <laughs> Traffic, uh, Wonder Boys. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna fall in love with this great woman, and, and you're gonna you're be gonna, married, but you're gonna get throat cancer. And you're gonna blame it on Cunnilingus. But here's the thing: just don't go down on her, and you won't get throat cancer. And Michael Douglas is like, sorry, I can't I can't help myself. <laughs> and who could? Who could? You could have resisted. Um, no. No, you Catherine couldn't resist. No, no. No. Not not the Zorro lady. Oh my goodness. Zorro? I was more of an entrapment fan. Oh, the way her like butt slipped underneath the lasers. The laser butt. No, that's like that was the extreme. That's like exhibit A you know, the the whole the age difference 
like wasn't she supposed to, in that movie? Yeah, it was Catherine Seta Jones in her twenties, Sean Connery, and Sean Connery really in gross. his sixties. Yeah, oh, what world? Like even if they were Michael peers, Douglas is super old. Does that make? I guess. I guess she was being groomed by the role she was given to wind up with Michael Douglas. But I mean, how old is she now? She's probably stunning in her 40s, 50s. She's in her 50s. We're in our 40s. Um, but she has like an 80-year-old husband. Yeah, <laughs> this got, old cancerous prune bag. Can you imagine if Michael Douglas was your dad? Yeah. Like your old dad is Michael Douglas? And Kirk Douglas, well, he died, but he was still rattling around. For I'd rather have an old dad than a dead dad. Yeah. All right, so what's your pick then? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Or Traffic? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay. All right, so we got Jackie Brown. Boom. Fear and Loathing. Boom. Election. Boom. And Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Boom. All right, play into the gold medal match. Who are you bringing? Mm. Wait, who's in the gold medal match? You get to bring one. We'll yeah. do a play around. I thought that's what we're doing. Okay. You get to bring one into the gold medal match. Then then we'll have a debate for the... the... I'm bringing... Election. Well, why don't we just give Election the gold medal then? Okay. What about silver medal? <sighs> Who you bring into the silver medal show? Fear and Loathing. Really? The screenplay is that good? Yeah. I mean, it's iconic. I mean, it's the most meme-worthy. <sighs> I read that book, and it's like it's like the book comes to life. Like I've read the book a bunch of times, and I've watched the movie a bunch of times, and it's like the book—they really brought the book to life. I'm going with the old brother. Where are they? Hmm. Because it's an adaption of something from antiquity. It's like, that's ballsy. Let's adapt Homer. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm in Hollywood. Hey, let me let me adapt one of the hottest authors, one of the most bad boy, cool I mean... Whew. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah, so it's also a smart business move. Cohen's are very smart. Yeah. Oh, brother... Versus, I'll give you O Brother for silver. Yeah. What about bronze then? Fear and Loathing. Fight Club. <laughs> Something worked in Fight Club. Yeah, I I watched Fight Club rather right. recently. With how about Rebecca. how about we'll negotiate like they do in politics? I will give you silver. Four. No, but I like O Brother Art Thou in Silver. You like that as silver? Yeah. All right, well, then you can, you can have the bronze. Fear and Loathing can have the bronze, but I'm for me, I am awarding Benicio Del Toro's swollen gut. We already did. I'm doing it again. He's amazing in that movie, by the way. He's so good. I mean, I, I've, I, I tried reading the book after watching the movie like a dozen times over six years. And must say, I prefer the movie. 
I've read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson. It takes a lot to read. Like, I, I had, like, his uh, collections, like, of his, like, just collections of writings. I had a couple of those. And then I read, like, the Rome Diaries. And then, like, his Hell's Angels stuff, which is really crazy. I was really into him for a while. As you should be. And I listened to some of his lectures, which are wild. I couldn't imagine having Hunter S. Thompson come to my college campus. Like, but what... I mean, to me, that's, like, the ideal place. Yeah. Because it's not really a stand-up. Johnny Depp was my gateway into Hunter S. Thompson and the Beats. It was like a Rolling Stone article, probably around like Sleepy Hollow era Johnny Depp. And then it was probably, I mean, Hunter S. Thompson too. But it was just kind of like, I wouldn't wouldn't know Hunter S. Thompson if it wasn't for Johnny Depp doing Fear and Loathing. And I would have run into the beat writers, but I just remember like, Maybe it was like maybe it was one of those things where like when Ginsburg died, Johnny Depp wrote like an obituary in Rolling Stone or something. And I was like, whoa! If Johnny Depp likes these guys, they must be cool. <laughs> well, you were really into Johnny Depp. I remember that you like didn't you like write a report on him or something? Or uh, I did. Yeah, I did a report on him for um, advanced acting my senior year hmm. of high school. Because I was just amazed because I, like, brought to the classes, like, and he's done every kind of movie, sci-fi, Academy Award, fantasy. He's a great actor. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our best adapted screenplay awards. Congratulations. To To recap, with your bronze medal, we have... What? With the bronze medal, Fight Club? No, we gave it to Fear and Loathing. I thought we gave it to Fight Club. No. Okay. Fear and Loathing, silver was... These imaginary awards mean nothing if you don't even remember. I'm sorry. I get confused. Silver was, oh brother, where art thou? Silver was Fight Club. (laughs) What? And gold was Fight Club. It's all Fight Club. It's a sweep for Fight Club. Fight Club, Fight Club, Fight Club. You're not your fucking khakis, bro. Y'all think we'll be rock stars and movie gods, but you won't. Too many people took that movie the wrong way for me to really appreciate it. What is the right way to take that movie? Not using it, because that's where like people get the term snowflake. And, oh, it's just... Ugh. ugh. Portland author, yeah. Chuck Palahniuk. Does he still live in Portland? I'm sure he owns property. Here, be an idiot not to. Yeah. Oh no, he the, he. People used to be like, yeah, Chuck Palahniuk lives here. Just a pretty cool guy. He like hangs out with Marilyn Man. Oh wait, <laughs> Is Marilyn Manson from Portland? No, but it was he was just like that's how cool Chuck Palahniuk is. Mm-hmm. People in Portland can hang out with people that don't live in Portland, bro. I don't know if you knew that. I'm sure Gus Van Sant has friends in other towns. What was that band from Portland that you really liked? You were got me. You were getting me into. Um, 
forgot. They were a Portland rock, indie rock band. The Shins? No. Uh, shit. I haven't listened to that band in years, but I remember because I listened to them before I moved to Portland. The band that I'm talking about? Yeah. You don't remember them either? No. (laughs) They just faded away. Oh. I know the San Diego bands. Yeah. Pin back. This is not a music podcast. This is Oscar Olympics. Fine. All right. Moving on to original screenplay, 1997. But yeah, Three Mile Pilot's dope. I like Drive Like Jehu. No one knows what that means. They're a San Diego band. We're in Oregon now, bro. Get over it. Brady Justa. You still listen to them. Well, if Brady Justa, the Boy Scout, listened to him, I guess they're cool. He also listened to Dead Milkman. He was cool. I guess that may I guess what I guess the music one listens to does make them cool. Uh-huh. Alright, we got um original screenplay nineteen ninety seven winning Goodwill Hunting. Losing. Then we got as good as it gets, Boogie Nights, Deconstructing Harry, and the Full Monty. Now, what was it with Frumpy, what was it? What was it with frumpy nudity in the late nineties? There was Calendar Girls. Yeah, I there don't was know. the Full Monty. It was a whole thing about Schmidt. They just loved it. If you're over fifty and you get naked, you get that Oscar gold. Not true. You get nominated. No. That's what you were just talking about. I'm just saying that people, it wasn't for Oscar, but people like, loved it. People loved it. Yeah. Well, I chose Boogie Nights. I did just watch Goodwill Hunting, and I think it's good, but the screenplay is just kind of like. You, pr- like you would prefer the William Goldman ending? <laughs> I just, I think Boogie Nights is a really good, ach- big achievement. It's amazing. Idiot. <laughs> It's really good story. That's a really good screenplay. P.T. Anderson. I mean, it's one thing to have a script with a lot of good characters. Wes Anderson. But it's a it's another thing to have a script that like has that kind of an ensemble where there's so many opportunities for the, you know, for the bit parts to shine. Yeah. Like I mean, down to the black cowboy. Like when I think of Boogie Nights, you know, when you think of it, it takes you, when you recollect it, it almost takes you a while to remember, like, wait, is it Heather Graham's movie? Is it Philip Seymour Hoffman's movie? Is it Luis Guzman? Yeah. Don Cheadle? I would have to say Don Cheadle's my favorite in that movie, but Luis Guzman's great, too. And then you have William H. Macy's freaking great. And John C. Riley, And... So yeah, good use of cast to elevate a, sc- a meandering screenplay, PTA. I, I support it. 98. All right, 98, we have um, winning is Shakespeare in Love. Then we have Bullworth, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and The Truman Show. I did a write-in for this. 
Okay. What is your write-in? I wrote in Rushmore. Screenplay by uh, Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson. Hmm. Pretty meandering. Meandering? I disagree. It's a great story. It, it you, A story about a demented teenager? Like, you know, there could be a whole, you know... Zach Morris is an asshole podcast about Max Fisher. Like, that yeah. dude fucking sucks. And, you know, is like exhibit A of like problematic, like, I am owed something by women, uh, you know, stereotypes. So, I don't know, dude. I don't know if, you know, we're in 98, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't The Big Lebowski like an original screenplay in 98? Yeah. I mean, I'd pick that over fucking, I don't, because one, I also don't think it's um, Wes Anderson's best. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson, but it's really good. I liked it more than all those other movies, but if you're going to, I didn't think about The Big Lebowski, so I'd probably say Big Lebowski. Let's do it. Let's take The Big Lebowski. Um, I forgot to bring back my 97 um, Fifth Element. I mean, talk about world building. Um, Hello. So you're putting that that's your pick instead of Boogie Nights? Mm, I still like Boogie Nights. Okay. I mean, Fifth Element you is You love Fifth Element. I remember you got home from watching Fifth Element and you were so excited. You're like, we got to go watch this again right now. And we did. Yeah. And it was worth it. And then you were obsessed with Mia Hovovich. And then I outgrew that. And I'm obsessed with Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh, Chris Tucker. Do you think he's, like, one of those big what-ifs? Like, if he hadn't, like... Because, like, he was doing all kinds of cool shit, and then Rush Hour made him a gazillionaire, and he, like, just didn't do anything else. It's not a what-if. He's It's a what-the-fuck-I-wanted-to-do. That's what it is. I guess, but he could be doing so much other shit. And the Rush Hours got so bad. Well, comedy sequels are really hard. Brett Ratner sucks. That's basically it. All right, 99. Uh, 99, we have American Beauty winning, being John Malkovich, Magnolia, The Sixth Sense, and Topsy Turvy. <laughs> Topsy Turvy? That's like a really weird thing they threw in there. That's like, because they, they, you think like, there's still like people from like the pre-talkies who are still voting members. Well, you gotta have like, that's like Mike Lee, like British... Humor. Get out of here. Well, my pick... I mean, it's hard, because I, I I loved American Beauty when it came out. I saw it in theater multiple times. It's like a, I, I, um, I played... I was inspired. This is a, <clears throat> that screenplay changed my life. Why? So, I had gone on a... On a this is a... I got on a mission trip with Jay's high school group. This was like me, like post Mason. Oh, at the village church. Yeah, and I was just like, I was, a, I was a heathen. I was just like, it's my senior year. Uh, I'm gonna fuck around, see what happens. <laughs> um, but I was still giving you know God a good shot, and I did this mission trip, and it was still cool. But it was Mexico, like, Mexico, you know, go you know camp, and then like go like. 
we didn't do a lot of building. It was more like a visiting, and like we got to like you know te- share our testimonies with a Spanish-speaking church through a translator, help out at an orphanage, do some odd jobs. You know, feel like you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I got to cuddle up against you know a cute, cute girl for a little bit. And it was fun. But then like we got back, and of course like Jay's like, all right, so Carson, do you want to do like a little like spiel in front of the congregation uh, on Sunday? Just like. You know, a little something about the trip. I was like, sure, Jay, you got this. And uh, I fucking stepped up and delivered, man. I ripped off the paper bag speech because I talked about how, like, you know, it's a, it's a wild clay place, juxtaposition, you know, there's such poverty. But, you know, there was a dust devil that picked up trash. And you see these joyful children playing in the trash. <laughs> and they're happy and they have the joy. And then, like, in my heart, I've opened the Lord, da, da, da. And, like, afterwards, you know, Jay was, like, crushed it, dude. And, like, the whole, like, boring old people that sit in church were like, that was very good. I see a future for you in the ministry. And I was like, holy shit, yes, I can do this. But I was like, wait, hold on. What you did was kind of bullshit and hack. But look at, they ate it up. They loved it. And I was like, oh, oh, no wonder preachers do this. They get, like, the... They do it for the handshakes afterwards. Like, the feeling I had after that little sermon spiel is the same feeling I had oh, after, yeah. I, after I do a good set at a stand-up comedy club and wait outside for people it's to be like, like a billion old, old ladies. ladies. It's a funny guy. There's nothing like a billion old ladies telling you how great you are. Yeah. Or like old men being get, proud of you. Yeah. I get, dead dad. I love that. Yeah, high off of that. that. I mean, I don't miss, I miss that part of being a minister for sure. Maybe you should but, go back into ministry. You know, you know, it's good for depression service. Yeah, no, no, but something you care about, like you know, calling, like being like in a phone bank for like gay teens that are like bummed out about COVID, and you could just be like, "Hey, kid, I know you have a bad, but here's my sad story. I'm sorry that your parents only let you play three hours of Fortnite a day." So what were we doing? We were talking about American Beauty and how oh yeah it had its moments, but it was more trash than beauty. Well, Alan Ball's great. Yeah, didn't he do um, Six Feet Under? Which is my favorite show blood. in True Blood, but Six Feet Under is like my favorite show of all time. Right up there. It's 20 years this year. It started. Are you depressed or in love with depression? Because that's a sad show. <laughs> it's a sad show, but it's also one of the most powerful, most beautiful, well-written, great characters. The character arcs on that show, I just, I can watch it, like, all the time. And it's, like, really funny. Made me afraid of motorcycles. I was already afraid of motorcycles. Spoiler alert. Um, all right, so we also have well, we already said, but my vote is uh, Magnolia. It was tough between Magnolia and Malkovich because I just watched Malkovich. Malkovich is great, but I think I like Magnolia better. No, you can't have Boogie Nights and Magnolia. You got to pick one or the other. What? Sure, I can do whatever I want. All right, but I'm saying. <sighs> you also have Sixth Sense. I think but, being John Malkovich. I mean, it's so creative. I can't award a medal to something that was ripped off of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So Sixth Sense is disqualified. Yeah, get out of here. 
he admitted that he ripped it off of Ari Fraley Dark. The episode is called The Dream Girl. And it's like got some of the same beats where she drops the ring that is in the episode. <laughs> Whatever. Are you afraid of dark? It's not even the best episode of Zebo the Clown. Oh, everybody knows that. That still scares the shit. I also out of me. like the, the one where the guy made soup from people's fear. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Nev Campbell's in that one. Really? Yes. Um, all right, well, I'll give you. Uh, I because between it was between Bean Jarmalkovich and Magnolia. You're the one that got me into Magnolia. So why aren't you Magnolia? It's so fucking long. It's really long. Malkovich is pretty long. Yeah, but it has puppets. It does have puppets, and they're awesome. Bean Jarmalkovich. Because it's just where did he come up with that? It's so wild. A lot of his scripts are like that. Charlie Kaufman. We'll be hearing from him. I have good feelings about that boy. Alright, 2000. We have Almost Famous winning Billy Elliot, Aaron Brockovich, Gladiator, and You Can Count on Me. Hmm. It was between Almost Famous and You Can Count on Me for this, but I still want Almost Famous because I love Almost Famous a lot. I mean, it even nails the sing-along, which could make it, which could go very sour. Oh, I love that scene. They used to, they would play that scene that was on the video store, the trailer loop that we had in the video store I worked at. So I just watched that, like, a million times a day, and I never got tired of it. But it's like, I've been on a bus where the bus spontaneously burst into song. So it's like the most realistic way to fall into a musical, other than karaoke, I guess. Yeah, I, I support it. All right, so we have Boogie Nights, Big Lebowski, uh, Malkovich, and Almost Famous. Who you bringing? Who you bringing to fight for the gold, bro? I mean, this is for the gold medal for the millennia. I mean, yeah, this is a big period in film and our a big period in our lives. It's young and full of piss and vinegar. I'm bringing Malkovich to the gold medal match. I'm bringing Almost Famous. Period piece, stunningly creative brilliance. And it was written from, like, his... I mean, those are his stories. Semi-autobiographical. I mean, you just switched Stillwater with the Almond Brothers. That was a real... But, like, real don't you want to live... I mean, oh my god. Like, the fact that... Being John Malkovich worked... Is such a feat. Yeah, but half of that is Spike Jones. Maybe like a fourth of that is Spike Jones. No, I, I mean, you, you're right. But, I mean, my God. What if they didn't get Malkovich to agree? Well, then they would have had to... I mean, they would have, they would have been dead in the water. We could have being 
Alan Rickman. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would see that. I want. I haven't looked into it. Like, was Malkovich their first choice? Yeah, like their only choice. They had a backup. I mean, but if you're Malkovich and they come to you with this idea of, and you're cool and you're somebody like Malkovich, of course you want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it, Silver. I mean, Almost Famous. I love Almost Famous. They're, again, there's so many great characters. Such a great story. And I like that. I like it. takes place in San Diego, part of it. Yeah. Let's they do go it. to the Skills of Sports Arena for his first concert. Hell yeah. I didn't see... Well, I went to a Soma show at the Sports Arena. I thought Soma was a venue. Their New Year's shows were at the Sports Arena. Didn't you go to a Soma New Year New Year show? No, you were never cool enough to take me. I thought you saw Blink One Eighty Two. That was at that was at like Aztec Arena. Oh, Cox Arena. Cox Arena. Yeah, I saw wrestling at Cox Arena. Which it's not Cox Arena anymore. It's something else. Well, there's wrestling at Cox. Cox and Spandex. <laughs> And I've also, I saw Wilco at the Outdoor Theater at UCSD. Okay, okay, okay. I saw Three Mile Pilot at Shea Cafe. I saw Soul Junk at Shea Cafe. No one cares about your middle school teacher's band. High school teacher. Even worse. They were awesome. Did you ever see them when they had a DJ? I never saw that band. Hmm. Chris Code loves them, though. They're really good. They're really weird. Alright, so who got the gold? Almost Famous. Almost Famous Malkovich got the gold, for the silver. silver. I say Lebowski for bronze. Yeah, I mean, for dialogue alone. Over Boogie Nights. I mean, it's Shakespearean what they contributed to the vernacular. Yeah, it's used a lot... By a lot of people to this day. There's a bar called the Big Legrowski. Really? Where? In Portland. Oh man, I want to go there. Doug's friend, like, uh, Uncle Dale's friend, like, owns it. Oh yeah? Or manages it or something. Uncle Dale? Do you have any other Uncle Dale? Hmm. Um... Is it like one of those, like, is it, does it look like some place from the movie? I mean, it looks like, it's kind of like, it kind of looks like uh, the Treehorn Mansion a little bit. Mm. So is the signature drink a white Russian? It's a beer bar, really, but they, they got white Russians. They used to I'm have not a, a big white Russian fan, to be honest. They used to have an open mic there. I've had white Russians, and I'm like, it's too much vodka. No such thing. Vodka I mean, makes me crazy. If you're making the drink, you put as little or as much as you want in there. That's true. So you put, like, a little Kahlua. Mm. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have watched Big Lebowski. You brought, brought it to me in college. I brought the Big Lebowski to the Biola campus. Yep. Because we went to, you were like, we were going to Blockbuster and you were like, get the Big Lebowski. It's amazing. It just come out on video. And how did you see it? Did you see it in the theater? 
I probably saw it on 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 video, or I saw it in La Jolla. Yeah. I know we didn't get it at any theater I worked at. It's crazy that it was like that. I mean, the Coens. I saw were still it because, not a wide release, but Fargo had been an Academy Award winning movie. Yeah, that's why I'm like that's kind of surprising. But the Big Lebowski kind of went under a lot of. It was one of those radar. movies where I was like, I remember feeling like, holy shit, the cool guys that made Fargo made a movie about bowling it's like they made this movie for me (laughs) yeah because you were a big time bowler it was like for me bowling was freedom because i enjoyed bowling with my friends and like as soon as one of us got a car it was like we can go bowling all the time people like it was like yeah we we have been to bowling alleys during the day because the carols took us but it was still just kind of like we could bowl like we we would i remember nolan took us bowling one time like me and schrock and we just bowled till our arms fell off. Like we found out, like we just like it's like free play or something. There's like twenty foot, but it's like well, our arms are sore. This is awesome. I'm surprised we never had like a bowling team. That would have been cool. I guess we we're too young. That's for adults. Yeah. You're on a bowling team as a grown up, though. That was how I made community in Portland. Yeah. Like, I think Courtney is still friends with some folks that, like, were on our first bowling team. Oh, wow. Or, no, no, there was a guy who was in our league. We were like, that guy's funny. And then, like, Portland's small enough, like, we'd see him at, like, an arch. I'm like, where's your bowling league? And it's like, oh, cool. Now I have a Portland friend. I need more Portland. So, like, you're into bowling and karaoke and art and music? Cool. I need more Portland friends, but it's hard because you can't go out. Yeah. Have your friends. Well, I mean, that's one of the things about being a sibling. You got a lot of friends, as long as you're not a turd. I'm the turd. You're cool. Did your friends think I was cool? Yeah. They were like, your brother is so much nicer and funnier than you. What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like... Junior and senior year, we shared the same friend pool. Oh, that, that got pretty crappy. Why? I, well, I mean, it was fine because it's like, you know, the friends that we shared were like the youth group friends. And I was kind of glad that I I got excommunicated from my youth group friends. Oh, yeah. Because you were a bad boy. No, because... Like, uh, I was in a relationship, and I, I broke up, and the youth oh, group yeah. friends stuck with my ex-girlfriend's friends, because there was... Yeah. There was that, the breakup. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was like, all right. Now I guess I can go hang out with cool cool people for once. So I hung out with, like, Mark Moore and theater kids. Yeah, I remember coming back, and you were hanging out with all the theater kids, and I was like, that's cool, I guess. And you were in the plays. Yeah, I did two plays senior year. Yeah, I went to see you in Sweet Charity. Daddy started out in San Francisco, tooting on his trumpet loud and mean. Suddenly a voice said, go forth, Daddy, spread the picture on a wider screen. And the voice said, Daddy, there's a million pigeons waiting to be hooked. That was what Judd sang. Judd was in that? Judd auditioned for the play on a whim and got a much better part than I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
You were like in the background. Yeah, I was a panhandler number two. <laughs> I had won an award for my previous performance in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. So what happened? Hmm? It was a musical. I wasn't a singer. You know, I figured you could like ham it up. <laughs> well, during the singing auditions, um, I sang Sweet Charity <laughs> as a spiritual. <laughs> what? I didn't know the words to any songs, but I was like, let me emote. And I was like, all right, let me channel Denzel Washington in glory as I sing this song. And as inappropriate as that may have been, um, the drama teacher was like, see, Carson and singing are a lot like me. He's not very good, but he can really get the emotion across. That was enough to get cast. Yeah. I made the actor mistake of um, uh, getting flirty during auditions, and then the girl I was flirty with like didn't make it into the play, and then it just kind of fizzled after that. We went on one date, bowling, and then it just kind of fizzled. I was like, man, I suck, she didn't get into that play. I got these cool friends here in the play. Maybe I'll invite you to the cast party. What were the cast parties like? Oh, it was high school. It was like they were... They were silly, but then it usually devolved into like, okay, well, the house party with like soda and chips is over, so now we're going to this person's house whose parents aren't home, and we're going to, you know, skinny dip in the hot tub. (laughs) Fun fun times. I remember going hot tubbing once with Shrock and Jesse. Maybe you were there, and all of a sudden this lady yelled at us, and I had trouble getting over the fence. And, like, these security guards came, and I had to run from the security guards. And they caught me, but I, they didn't know what to do, so I just kept running. It was fun. Was this before or after the security guard caught us streaking? This was after that. So you knew now. You're like, these guys can't do shit till the real cops come, so I'm running. Yeah, they were like, stop right there. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I just kept running. So it should work. But, like, you guys totally ditched me because I was too slow. You said I wasn't even there. I don't know if you were there or not. He might have been there. Would I have ditched my brother? Yes. Why would you say that? Because it was every man for himself. Well, you'd obviously ditch me. No, I wouldn't ditch you. But I would ditch you? I don't know, six, four, 14 year old Carson? Maybe. I wouldn't ditch you because I love you, bro. I love you, bro. 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 <laughs>